This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 24 First Round Strategies, The Barony of Letnev. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hello and welcome. You're joining us on, well, we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Don't you think it's such a fitting day, this holiday of the Irish? I don't fully know what St. Patrick's Day uh, celebrates, but I do know it's Irish. Oh, it celebrates a general lack of snakes, right? which was actually the original pitch for the name of the day. It was going to be General Lack of Snake Awareness Day. Oh. Um, but it does celebrate a general, yes, it's just kind of a lack of, uh, just like uh, no, no Snakes Day. That uh-huh. was another... No Snakes Day. That was an original no pitch no for it. Was, no Snakes Day. So we're not talking about the Nalu Collective, obviously. Well, yeah, we already did that one. We already did we're that one. We're talking about, of course, the most obvious race to talk about. Um, you know, when you're talking... St. Patrick's Day. Right. You know, I mean, I don't want to connect all the dots for you, but you're kind of, I'm you sure you see it. where we're you going. I'm sure you see. Like, because yeah, like we're going to do like an Irish thing. Yeah. Right? And you know, you, you, you like, you're okay, anticipating okay. it. Yeah. You, you, so, were, you already get like, cause it's just kind of obvious, like which race is like the Irish race. Right. Like you, right. It's, you know, where it's those it's, space leprechauns. It's the space. Yeah. Irishmen. Yeah. They're basically it's, space. It's the barony of Letnev. The barony of Letnev. The barony of Letnev. Those old blokes from the old country. The jolly old barony of Letnev. They're you know, I wheel and deal their their flagships and their. I just love that there is a race in Twilight Imperium mm-hmm. that Christian T. Peterson had the wisdom mm-hmm. to base off a real yes. culture yeah. that exists, yeah. and that he picked. The Irish, the Irish yeah, it's of really all thrilling. people. You know, it would have been, it would have been, how weird it would have been if he had picked like maybe a culture that was a little bit controversial. Right. Yeah. But he didn't do that. He didn't. He picked an easy, fun, yeah. um, fun, fun, fun race, fun people. And it's a fun race. It's a fun, well, it's a fun culture to think about, right. you know? And it doesn't remind us of anything that we might regret historically, <laughs> which is why... It's so easy to talk about. Yeah, them, it's you so know? easy to just talk At, about the barony and their... Like, their... imagine if they were Nazis. Oh, I wouldn't want to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I said that. Oh, I feel, like, weird now. Like, all these people sitting down over cardboard. This was supposed to be a fun podcast. I know, and, and then you brought and the idea. Oh, and I brought up the it. Nazis. My God. Let's get back to... Let's talk about the barony. Potatoes. Well, let's talk... Now, hold on. Okay, we're not going there. <laughs> We are talking about the barony of Letnev, and let's let's the great Irishman of the sky, the great Irishman of the sky. Let's talk about their theme. What do you say, Hunter? Their theme is fun. Fun. And you're gonna have a lick of fun there. You're gonna have a lick of fun, and dread, gonna, dreadnoughts. I'd like. To, <clears throat> I'd like to do a reading. <clears throat> In the very blackness of space lies cold, hard, dark prime. We don't know nothing about the cold, hard, dark blackness of space, though we're just some lucky blokes that love the rainbow and the the will to survive. That's from the back of the race sheet for the Barony of Letnev. Um, you can, I mean, they're disdainful though. Uh. I'm looking at the picture right now of the the yeah. Letnev guy. What's up? 
I'm just getting like a different vibe from him all of a sudden. What do you mean? I mean, he's got big gold I plate. I swear, but and like a they don't just. Stern. Oh wow! I'm just not getting the Irish vibe anymore. That's weird. Like I totally look at the symbol. Does that symbol remind their their faction symbol? I totally like, thought I, it was like a four head, leaf. Clover. I know. In my head, it was a four leaf clover. It was a I was four leaf say clover. It was like all thing. green and stuff. This is really weird. Although I will say this, there is the um, phrase "chimney sweep." Yeah, there is actually a journey <laughs> to there. a journey to Ferric is likely to leave a thick layer of frozen black residue on any vessel. It is a common merchant endearment to call a ship returning from Ark Prime a chimney sweeper. A chimney sweeper. <laughs> all right, we are. We're gonna move. We're done. We're done. We're done. They're the dark elves. They're That's the dark they're. elves. That's, That's true. That's it. They're the dark elves, the dark space elves. Yeah. How about that? We'll leave it there. Okay. Um, so let's talk. Did you really want us to say Nazi over and over for five <laughs> minutes at the beginning of do you how much fun that would be? <laughs> uh, what, are, what are the Baron Eletnev have? They've got two faction abilities. One is called Munitions Ooh, Reserves. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Space Cats. Oh, Peace hi, Service. I'm Matt Martin. I'm Hunter Donaldson, and this is a this is about Twilight Imperium, and we're not going to talk about what we were we're not gonna talk about st patty's day anymore in no. fact it's like several days it's several late. days it's actually. kind of silly that we even <laughs> did this at all um but yeah we're talking about barony of letting up today and uh there's gonna be this is gonna be an interesting discussion actually we're gonna break down their abilities first we got to get some of the kind of definitions out of the way and then we're we're gonna bust this thing open do you have any salt mm. with you because i would like you to be prepared to eat some of it <laughs> <laughs> the barony have munitions reserves at the start of each round of space combat you may spend two trade goods you may re-roll any number of your dice during that combat round it's a decent enough ability i think it's a cool ability. it's a cool that ability that doesn't get used you, enough. yeah you will you will use it very little uh armada which you will technically be constantly using is uh, the maximum number of non-fighter ships you can have in each system is equal to two more than the number of tokens in your fleet pool. Bam. So um, if your fleet supply is currently three, you can have five ships. Five or big if ships. It's zero. If it's zero, you can have two ships, which is a pretty nice thing to take advantage of early game. Most people say Armada just equates to you are given two extra command counters at the start of the game. That's not really how I like to think about it, though. Yeah, I think you kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you take those things away. Yeah. Anyways, let's not cart before the horse right. or Nazi before the Irishman. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a flagship. It is called the Arc Secundus. Other players' units in this system lose planetary shield at the start of each space combat round. Repair this ship. This is really two abilities happening that are very different from each other, but both incredibly effective. Yeah, and then there's like a great and then third ability. And then a fourth ability. So the first ability, you players' uh, units lose planetary shield. What that means is, in that system, you can bombard planets with PDS on them. Right. That's all that that means. It's identical is... to the War Sun yes. ability. Yes, yes. Then, uh, and that goes for, like, all of your dreadnoughts in that system will get to bombard. It's not just for the flagship. It's just, like, anything that system gets to bombard planets right, with PDS. Right, right. Then also the whole thing of at the start of every single round of combat, this one gets to repair. So Duranium, you get to do it on a ship that wasn't damaged at the end of a space combat round. And this is every single round this ship repairs mm-hmm. at the beginning. At the beginning. Which is amazing. It's pretty cool. It's really pretty cool. cool. Um, it also has bombardment of three dice rolling on a five. So and you start with plasma scoring, and so that's always going to so be... So really, it's four. It's four. You have four on a five, which 60% chance to blow up 
four units. That's and, not how statistics actually works, but I said it. And of course, plasma scoring is the tech that gives you an extra die roll on PDS or bombardment. We are going to get oh, better. Oh, we're going to get better. We're going to get better about describing the text while we do them, yes. boys and yes, girls. Yes, yes. Uh, also, it rolls two on a five. It's it. The flagship itself is two dreadnoughts. Two dreadnoughts. So, two dreadnought flagship. Yeah, it's this thing is ridiculous. It's, it's a, a very good flagship. It's a good one. Uh, you've got a promissory note, of course. It's war funding. War funding. It's, um, you're mm-hmm. not going to worry about it too much. Not saying it's bad, but it's it's just a kind of interesting one. At the start of a round of space combat, the Letnev player loses two trade goods during this combat round re-roll any number of your dice then return this card to the letnev player so it gives someone your ability like a lot of them and Mm -hmm. it's that they can before combat starts re-roll the problem with this as a promissory note is the same problem with it as an ability is it's not guaranteed to get you anything so spending the two trade goods well it's actually as you, well it, it is better no 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 right the but the point i'm making is for you as the barony that ability is a risky endeavor to spend two trade goods on and for somebody else it's great but that makes it as a barony letnev player kind of a difficult one to give out because you're going to lose something and the players aren't really going to want that much for it because it's a risky endeavor like it's a, it's a low odds it's going to make a difference for them mm-hmm. sort of thing so it's just like people aren't seeking out your promise i think note. it all just comes down to a lot of like the what's weird about it is there's a lot of interesting timings that i can mm. come up with where i'm mm-hmm. like oh this could hurt you kind of badly the thing is uh we should say this if for some reason the little enough player does not have two trade goods um you still can do it. You can still do it. You can it. still use it. And yeah. the Latinx player loses nothing. So if you want to give it out and then you know somebody's going to use it quickly and you're going to clear out your trade goods anyway, so who cares? It's nothing. That's fine. That's yeah. nothing. But, you know, what if the trade good VP comes right. out and, and then you, you need to save up trade goods and yep. then somebody uses it to take two trade goods from yeah. you when you didn't want them to? There's definitely some risk in, risks involved and it's just kind of a, it's an odd one to give out basically. Yeah. And also it's, you don't really need no. the, that help, that nope. kind of help anyways. Yeah. You, you, so. you do not. Racial tech, and then we'll, we'll be almost done with the kind of breakdown of these guys is the coolest one the most probably the, one, the most famous racial tech well, in the entire absolutely. game a lot of people will just abbreviate it as nes if you're in forums and you just see people typing nes in twilight they're not Imperium. talking about the they're, nintendo they're, entertainment they system, system they're, you dingus they're talking not about talking about the nintendo entertain what do you thought you thought they were talking about the Nintendo You Inter- thought they were talking about the Mario Brothers. You thought they famous, were talking about Luigi and Mario. Irish plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Made by famous Irishman Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> uh, the non-Euclidean shielding is when one of your units uses sustained damage, meaning Dreadnoughts or your flagship or War Sons, you get to cancel two hits instead of one. So you soak two hits on sustained damage. Which is crazy. The big combo that everyone talks about with this that we just should address right up front is plasma scoring um, because both are down the red tech tree. Uh, NES, non-Euclidean shielding, not Nintendo Entertainment System, is two red requirement and Duranium Armor is two red requirement. Duranium Armor during each combat round after you assign hits to your units, repair one of your damaged units that did not use sustained damage during this combat round. If you have Duranium Armor and you have non-Euclidean shielding, you become an almost unstoppable force in space because your ships are soaking two hits next round repairing. If you have, let's say, just like three Dreadnoughts in a, in a fleet, that becomes pretty much unstoppable because any hits they do, you soak two on a dreadnought, mm-hmm. one round. Next round, repair that, soak two on another dreadnought. Like you're you're just ignoring 
so many hits. That there's a tech combo. That's a tech You remember combo. that. Hey, you ever thought about maybe with two techs they help each other? That's called a combo. It's like when you get your Big Mac with fries. <laughs> your other tech is L4 disruptors. During an invasion, units cannot use space cannon against your units. Uh, people seem to not care about this tech very much. I think there's one reason people don't care about this, and it's because as the Barony Aletnev, you're kind of spending a lot to get the non-Euclidean Duranium Armor combo mm -hmm. and probably upgrading some other units or, like, getting War Suns. It's just a lot of times L4 Disruptors falls by the wayside, but I do want to make a special case that, like, L4 Disruptors has its place in, in a decent number of games. It's a and situational. It's a situational not... tech, but the situations it's useful are really great, and it's definitely not a tech that you should totally ignore. Be yeah. looking for the situations where you can use it. I think it's a tech that uh, just hasn't really been brought up enough, really, is what it comes down to. It hasn't gotten enough love. It deserves a little, it deserves it deserves more, a little love. more love than it's got. I think it's a good tech. Now, people will argue that it's like, well, it's a one-time... So space cannon against your units during an invasion just means PDS get to fire at incoming ground forces. Mm-hmm. And so, in some cases, that's that at best it's two or three shots they're firing, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe one through three. If they have plasma scoring, two PDSs, etc. I mean that that the big thing with space cannon on ground forces is you have a much higher chance to hit with mm -hmm. those than you do with the eventual ground force combat that's going to just go on and on and on. Yeah. And so, getting to cancel effectively one to three hits on your invading ground forces is a pretty big deal and comboing that with your flagship that lets you ignore planetary shield basically anyone who invested in pds's l4 disruptors with your flagship is a pretty great way to dislodge some pds planets that's the end gist of that well yeah let's not you know i don't want to cart before the donkey but uh i think you will see on the board where you could use this. yes that's what i'm gonna say that's my that's my olive branch i'm extending to l4 disruptors right. and you shouldn't forget that you have it as an option which i think a lot of people do yeah that's the biggest thing is people just kind of forget you even have it because you get so zoned in on doing euclidean is like you know is the, the cool dude at right. the party and right. everybody wants to be friends with him and his buddy duranio <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, so this one is that we've had a problem with the funny into the thing. We yeah, to yeah, we, we, gotta, we gotta get. We serious. had our fun that was <laughs> four minutes into it, and then we have to stop having fun. Uh, you start with Arc Prime and Ren Terra. You've got a the four best, zero and a two Just one. So good. It's the best home system of the game. It's six, six resources. resources. It's low on influence, but like you are Whatever, making up dude, for it. Come on, yeah. you, you have so much money at the start of the game. Also, you start with anti mass deflectors, which means you. You get to activate um, asteroid fields, and also space cannon deals minus one against you. Don't forget about that minus one, by the way. Everybody was everyone. I always forget for yeah. sure. And plasma scoring, which we said is the one where you gain a die against uh, with your space cannon units and with your bombardments, which is a big deal for you. Yes. Um, you also start with one dreadnought, one carrier, one destroyer, one fighter, three infantry. So it's kind of a middling starting fleet, but for barony, it is enough. It's and that's going to be yeah. a big thing. It's like you. Oftentimes you will want to get, you know, more infantry, more carriers, whatever. But because that dreadnought can carry one of your ground forces, it's technically enough to get by. I'll say this much: basically, all of our starting strategies revolve around the none of them revolve around the idea that like you have to fix your start. Right? It is not a starting fleet that is broken and needs to be mended. It's just like just good enough to get you by, and you will probably want more. Someone on Board Game Geek described their starting unit 
set as awkward mm-hmm. and i like that word for it. it's not bad it's a little bit weird it's a little right. bit off you're gonna get some uses out of it but you gotta kind of plan around the thing them. is with the best home system in the game yeah. uh you you can you're you'll fine be fine you'll, yeah. you'll fix it exactly you're fine That's... in whatever way it's not quite broken you will fix if the barony of were a race with three or four resources in their home system this or would like be a no bad tech or wouldn't that be crazy that would be if there was crazy. a race with no tech yeah. that would suck <laughs> they would be a terrible starting fleet but yeah. it is it is enough in the hands of a barony Letnev player mm-hmm. okay we did the breakdown that's everything the barony have that was a lot of info what we are about to get into <sighs> is going to be we're doing something different this we're doing time. something pretty different for our starting strategy guides the, let's explain why we're doing it this way yes yeah the barony Letnev has been a tricky race to um, nail down because statistically now we can argue back and forth about how good the kind of rankings are as far as you mm-hmm. know there, there's that website out there people submit their games and we kind of have an idea of which races stack up against other ones right Joel Nar is in the top barony scores very very low on this list mm-hmm. which is interesting because barony has a lot of truly great abilities they and have a, truly a lot of great on paper start. like like advantages exactly. where it's just like i mean they have the best home system in the game they've got good dreadnoughts dreadnoughts are a pretty good unit they have like, a thing that just lets them have bigger fleets than everybody else yeah like there's a lot here that is really potent yep and really potentially aggressive but also just like just very strong yeah non-euclid the combo of non-euclidean and duranium it armor. is huge and i don't even think it's just that we're putting we're banking so much on the the statistics it's it also just comes down to like we've seen a lot of not great barony play yeah too myself like, we've just included seen a, like yeah. i feel like i've had games where like in in playing this race to, to prep for this episode i was myself having trouble like really taking advantage of all of my abilities and it so we were trying to kind of decode what is happening to barony players why why are these all seemingly amazing abilities not mm-hmm. turning into lots and lots of victories in our original tier list we ranked their abilities as powerful abilities they were in like our if you are calling it a tier two or whatever like we put them as a good race they're like up a there. b tier right where we put they're, they're with soul they're with arbrecht these races that we are pretty unequivocally good to us yeah yeah soul is like soul rules and so does arborek right rule mentech like, is great rule well mentech's fine. <laughs> i didn't write that episode so. yeah <laughs> so um the barony just has this apparent problem that isn't evident in the abilities, right? Sardagnor, we can look at them and go, yeah, we get why they have trouble. Yeah, they, they've got hard. some problems yeah, to fix. Right, but right. what are Barony's problems? Are with? I think it actually kind of just comes down to they're actually a way more um, flexible race right. than anybody gives them credit for. Exactly. Basically. Um, the way I was kind of thinking about them, if I was going to like define them compared to ways we've defined other races, I put them in this same category as Jolnar and Sardak, where with, with Jolnar we said, you have all these options, right? And we mm-hmm. said Sardak's kind of the opposite. You have, like, no options, and you got to really play the best game you've ever played, and you gotta you got to pay very close attention to the objectives. Yeah, you got to let those VPs tell you what to do. Right. Yeah. Barony is sort of the combination of the two. Jolnar are, like, ultimately flexible. Barony have lots of options, but once you commit to one option, you're locked into it. And if you picked the wrong option, you will probably have a bad game. If, if you yeah. go down the wrong path with Barony, 
it can be very difficult to sort of like re-correct into the right lane and, and, and get on the right path. Because they're while they are flexible, the most common path that people go down with Barony is very expensive. Yes. So like there are games where going down that path and having the biggest, craziest fleet mm-hmm. with all your great dreadnoughts out mm-hmm. there is going to win you the game, but not always. And I wouldn't even say that's the most often that it's going to go right, down. Like, right. think about if you look at the breakdown of objectives, how many objectives is that going to win you? You'll see some. Like, there right. are some really oh, obvious absolutely. ones that you're just going to destroy. There's one that says, I have five dreadnoughts. I think you can get that you're gonna one. Do it. <laughs> I think you'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, there's there's a lot that you're not necessarily going to get automatically. Or some that are even maybe going to be, like, difficult to mm-hmm. get. They're like a big, like, boat or battleship even. Uh-huh. Um, they can they they can go fast and they're strong, but, like, you kind of steer them a direction and it's kind right. of hard to you turn them around. Yeah, yeah, there's not, you can't do as, you can't turn them around as easily as, like, I mean, I would say Hakan is probably... Haklan and Jolnar are the two probably most flexible races. Right. And that they can kind of flip around. Or Jolnar is just good at tech, which yeah. is, I think, probably the best thing to be good at. Yeah. I think, so the problem with Barony, I think, is on paper, they look like they will be incredibly flexible because they just look like they're going to fight really well. They've got all these things that are going to help them win well, fights. Well, I wouldn't even say it looks like they're flexible. It looks they're, like they're good at this one thing. Yeah. And that thing is fighting yeah. with big fleets. And fighting in Twilight Imperium Ah, is not a flexible strategy. It doesn't always win you games. So you have to come up with a a different plan if if fighting isn't going to win you the game as a fighting race. Right. So... What have we done? What did we do? Let's... What nastiness have we (laughs) unleashed? We are going to try to do this episode in a normal amount of time. We have broken the Barony of Letnev into four different races. (laughs) We we have given... Four different identities. We've given them new names... And I will introduce them to you now. Here, here are your four styles of Letnev. You've got the Barony of Letnev, which mm-hmm. is the one everyone knows. Um, we'll go into the details of that last because I, I think it's worth saving it for last. Yeah, and also like you, you sort of know you can't, it. you sort of get it. The next one is the Uprooters of Letnev. We have our term rooting the Barony of Letnev with L4 disruptors and your flagship. You can dig up those roots and mm-hmm. you can remove people you mm-hmm. you have a good chance of hurting extra as well as arborek it's a pretty good chance that you can um compete with soul you might they're, they're going to drop a lot of dudes but like you're one of the races that is equipped to deal with them uh anyone who is digging into planets you have so much bombardment mm-hmm. ignoring pds all these things you are an uprooter you can you can hurt these people and the way you use uprooting is to take systems early in of in neighbors pie slices that normally those races hold on to all game right if your neighbor is extra most people expect them to get in you know set up their pie slice and it's just like well what are you going to do they're extra the pds right. network is crazy right. well as barony if you kind of get in in the mid game you can carve up those pds's and, and leave extra scrambling and you just doubled the size of your pie slice. same to arborac yeah um and i think I think Soul kind of gets carved up in a lot of games anyways, but like I think you have a lot of potential to be able to dislodge Soul from a space that they've decided, yep. like, this is yep. mine. Um, the uh, Another um, kind of zone or identity for Letnev we've got is uh, the scientist of Letnev. Letnev uh, has a lot of money 
uh, that they can invest very easily yeah. in being a very science-focused and tech-heavy right. race. They're, and you could prioritize your tech to be right. like, this is what I want to do. And there's a lot of great tech for you to research. Right. And there's lots of games where the tech objectives are just coming out hot and you want to jump on all of them. The big thing to think about here is with six resources in your home system, at any point in the game, pretty much, you can play tech and always be able to afford two, two tech. Even first round. First round, you can get two tech if you want to. Uh, I don't know that I always advise it, but just in that way, you are a pseudo Jolnar. Like, you, you can tech about as fast as, as you know, a half Jolnar. I mean, Jolnar is absolutely crazy, right? But, but Letnev is one of those tech races that they can do a lot because you start with six resources. Mm -hmm. At the very least, you can probably always afford one. Because you've got six, four, four is not that hard to spend on, on some tech. Yeah. So just digging into tech, playing kind of a soft game where you hold on to everything you've got and focus on tech objectives and focus on kind of, you know, money things. And, and just upgrades not play, and resources. Upgrades and not playing and, yeah. super aggressive. Yeah. The third identity for the Letnev are what we're calling the best friends of Letnev. Yeah. Which is, uh, we, we also kind of have a subheader of, this is this is your Hakan style game. Mm -hmm. Hakan are good because they have lots and lots and lots of money and can be very flexible in that way. Barony can play kind of a half Hakan, just like they can play a half Jolnar. They can be very flexible. They can spend lots of money because you start with lots of money. You have the option to um, take systems easily, so you're going to potentially get lots of planets. Uh, and so you can use a lot of that money on expendable fleets that hurt other people. And the best way to do this, the reason we want to call it the best friends of Letnev, is because part of the strategy for this identity revolves around picking, you know, one neighbor or one player at the board and kind of like you and me we're we're going to stick through this together. This we're going to make one... each other very um, wealthy as well as I won't hurt you if you become my best friend this one leans the most heavily on the trade good re being able to re-roll your dice kind right of the is... idea is that you're not necessarily going to go straight for dreadnoughts you're going to have a bigger fleet than everybody else made up of cheap units that yep. you're willing to to risk and yep. being able to re-roll a bunch of cheaper units right is probably going to go a lot farther than like that's the thing i've always wondered about the trade good reroll thing is that like because they specialize in capital ships possibly right. they can even have a war sun option it's always hard to just like if you're already rolling 50 percent chance like how often are you going to spend two trade goods to potentially reroll what one die yeah like who didn't hit like right. you have five and then another dude that hits on two and five and yeah then maybe you're a fine war, like it's okay but if you invest in a lot of fleet supply. Let's say you put six command counters in your fleet supply. That's eight ships. You can send all of your cruisers at someone, or right. like a big fleet of cruisers and destroyers, and a you know a carrier, fully loaded carrier. Like you're just sending out huge waves of things, and you have so much money, you can very quickly rebuild those things. Yeah. So yeah. like Hakan, Hakan likes to just throw fleets at people and kind of score objectives. Barony can accomplish a similar goal. Yeah. And so the final identity is the first one we introduced, which is the Barony of Letnev. And the Barony of Letnev plays with big capital ships, and they are a dominating presence on the board. But the reason we say this one lasts is because the Barony of Letnev is the worst Letnev. Well, the, at least that's the one that we've seen struggle the most. Exactly. And, that, and I guess by struggle, I mean, like, the Barony of Letnev, in playing the way that Barony traditionally plays, is always 
a powerful force on the board, right? but not necessarily scoring the exactly. victory points it needs to. So often I see a barony with like these huge fleets and everyone's talking about how scary the barony is, but then you look at the scoreboard and you're like, well, they, they can keep their ships, I don't care. Like They're not taking planets and they're not scoring points, so it just doesn't matter. The mm. barony is the hardest one to score points with. Yeah. But there are games where the barony is what you gotta do. Is, is the necessary, but it, I think... I think what the main point that we're trying to get across with this entire episode is that playing vanilla Barony of Letnev is not a given. It's not something no. you should just assume that right. you're going to do. There's a lot other options that you could play um, with Letnev, yeah. and I think a lot of those are worthy of exploration at this point. I just, you know, I just have not seen somebody come out playing very traditional, straight up Barony of Letnev and run away with it. Right. You know. So the reason we wanted to break it down this way is primarily for this first round discussion that is about to happen. Because when we were trying to organize our thoughts on which strategy card do you want to take and what kind of pie slice do you want, it just constantly um, depended on so many factors. You know, which which version of Letnev are you going to play? So what we're going to do now is we're going to give the early game strategy for each of the separate Letnevs. And we're gonna to try to do this quickly because obviously there are four of them for us to go through. But within that, we are going to be very specific. And so like with each type of Letnev, we're pretty much only gonna recommend one strategy card and like one type of opening move because we're breaking down all of these separate types of Letnev that have very little crossover between them to a certain extent. Right, because we're breaking down four angles on this one race, um, I feel like each of the angles that we have broken down, we are using my favorite Uh-oh. word. What do we? What do we? My favorite. With? We're gonna paint. We've got a lot of brushes, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at all of them. There's some thin ones. Uh-huh. There's a do lot of thin th- ones. I've got this little kind of two-inch wide brush. Do you, you want to use that one? I, I think I'm gonna pass on the two-inch one today. Okay. I have this. 18 you want more narrow? Inch, Eighteen? No, not oh, narrow. Oh, you want a wider brush? So we're gonna paint with a. Wait, what was it? wide Uh, big fat brush (laughs) and we're painting green baby (laughs) i just took a shot oh yeah because st patrick's day what are you doing nope great uh (laughs) the uprooters of letnev let's do them first early game uprooters of letnev map placement you want to focus on whoever your neighbors are there's two important factors to consider here the first is what race are your neighbors? If your neighbor is an Arborek or an Extra, uh, I would say Jolnar, potentially Winu or Soul. This might be the game you decide to play Uprooters because you're gonna just decide. You know what? That's my enemy, we're Arborek. Going, we're, we're going in. We're going with with. If you're gonna play this style of Letnev, you're going to focus on bombardment. You're gonna have some ground forces. Yep. You're basically going to be. Of all, all of we've described several races at this point. Arborek and Sol, I think, are the most obvious. As like, oh, you've got you know, you've got these ground forces. You go root on some planet, nobody can take care of you. Right. But like, Barony can. can. Yeah. Like if you if you engineer yourself to do it, you can. Right. And the second type of pie slice is if you have a decent one and your neighbor also has a great one, and you just know you're gonna want to start cutting into them almost regardless of the race. There's gonna be some you're gonna ignore, but if your neighbor has just a killer pie slice. You might be deciding to play Uprooters of Letnev. And 
How are we going to do that? What, what strategy card are we going to take to make this happen? We're going to take trade because we just want money, 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 money. We right. want money. And we're going to talk a lot about taking trade as barony. Um, yeah. I want to stress something. When you take trade as barony, I realize you only have two commodities. You're taking trade because you want to control yes. the the board when it comes to trade. Do not, um, don't play super nice. Play right. very friendly with one person. Right. Basically, just be like, I want to do two for two trade with you, and I will refresh your commodities. This will be even more important in the mid game, but for early game, it certainly is something to start considering. But for for round one, you want trade mostly because you want those three extra trade goods, and you want to hopefully pick your other neighbor as someone you get to trade with because you're about to barrel down someone. And maybe even if, if like your other neighbor is like, or even like, let's say Hakan is in the game, you don't even need a neighbor. If Hakan wants to wheel and deal with you and give you some extra trade goods for maybe a promissory note, I'm saying like, I'm saying if you're going to play this strategy, you might want to pick someone to be like, well, you know what? We're not fighting. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'm not going to fight you. Because you're going to be some, you're going to be a big enemy for somebody else. And right. you, you need to get someone on your side because there's a good chance the rest of the board's going to turn against you. They're not going to like that you're like really carving someone up. Mm-hmm. And this is of, of the new like kind of ways to play Letnev that we've come up with. I feel like this one is the most obviously aggressive. Yep. It's the most just like you're basically committed to taking a double slice, a bigger slice yep. than you would yep. normally. Can I say, while yep. in a part of that point is the focus of this one um, compared to some of the other Letnevs, this one is planet-focused. That's yeah. the big, big difference. You want, you want the control points. You aren't basically. focusing on big, scary fleets. You're focusing on fleets that are going to dislodge planets as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So flagship is crucial. Right. L4 disruptors is crucial. Mm-hmm. And uh, being able to back up those fleets with things that are going to protect them from whatever you're up against. If you're up against extra, giving yourself enough soak damage so that that's flagship can do some work and those ground forces can hit the ground running let's take it back to round one yep um we got a little we got a little excited there yep um if we secondary what are we secondarying tech yeah because we want to get gravity drive because again we are gunning for our neighbor gravity drive is going to help us out in the long run anyways because with gravity drive we'll have a second blue and we'll start working towards dreadnought twos but for now we want gravity drive right away because we are rushing towards somebody. We're, mm-hmm. we're playing hyper-aggressive right now. Right. We, we want to be able to pick a place, um, or we, I'm sorry, we want to be able to pick a system yep. that our neighbor uh, has kind of left open, or is at least, you know, with any starting fleet, there's always, all right, I've got, the, I can send this carrier with these guys, and they're going to be good, and then there's this carrier, and it doesn't have any guys. Yep. That's the guy that we're, we're going we're after gonna that, one. that one. We're going after that right. one. And just in general, we're, we're going to just start really launching it whatever we can and we need the mobility to do that and we're like what so we're we're going to expand towards someone yeah are we going to take like an equidistant planet are we going to try and like get somewhere unexpected the big thing is we're going to take whatever gets us the most money to a yeah. certain extent because the idea is you are rushing for the same planet they're rushing for if you've got an equidistant abyss freea that's your target. Yeah. Um, I would say there's a, a certain level of, I don't mind getting there second as yeah. Barony Aletnev because I'm not going there to take and hold it. I'm going there to remove them from it, make them lose all the resources that those units cost and get it from them. So it, maybe a round two, like invasion, invasion. Right. Yeah. Set myself up, be in the direction of an equidistant system or a system adjacent to their home system, something like that. And I want to be in position to strike the best system they've got that they're most wanting to to keep all right well are we building what units are we building round one you want 
there's sort of two different ways that this can go. The safest is you just need to get your carriers and you need to get a bunch of ground forces. You, right. you want you want to stock up on dudes because you're planning to take some planets. Mm-hmm. Um, the next highest priority is your flagship. Now, there is a world where you can get your flagship round one. You got six resources from your home planets. You took trade. Nine resources. Flagship only costs eight. The problem with taking flagship round one is it makes it to where you can't afford gravity drive right away so you need to plan it out there's a world where it's okay to take that flagship round one if you know you're gonna maybe be able to get tech early next round if you can get gravity drive at the beginning of round two go ahead and get that flagship now then right but otherwise it's probably better to play it a little bit safe get carriers get ground forces and get that flagship maybe round two ready to start striking out at people once you've got gravity drive. But the idea is you definitely need that flagship, I would say, by the end of round two. Yeah. And you need a bunch of dudes. So it's it's basically like a bombardment plus ground forces yep. kind of. That's, like, that's like our makeup, yep. basically. That's... You're going you're gonna to spend most of your game, after you have your flagship, getting dreadnoughts, getting ground forces, invading everything you can and once you kind of go through the rest of your tech path you probably will get war suns at some point yeah and that's like your game i mean you 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 once you have war suns you're probably done teching and you continue bombarding just everything you can okay this is the bombard path mm-hmm. um so let's stop there um with uprooters and let's give another first round for the scientists of Letnev. yeah all right so what map placement are we going to look for with scientists of Letnev? also i want to stress this is the tech one. We're this gonna, is tech. We're going to focus tech. This is not going to be as aggressive as what this we just This is a very about. different type of Latinx. If you get put off by how, like, that... That's how, scary that's a strong and ridiculous. Opening. Yeah, yeah. This is the opposite of that. Right. This is... We would love to have a red technology specialty planet. Yep. Because be skipping Majin is going to be really helpful. Being able to just, like, dash through certain techs. I, I think there's a huge amount of value in getting a salt cannon as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Because if we're playing this tech-focused route, Assault clan, assault Cannon is actually very defensive. Right. If people, this, if I'm trying to hole up on my pie slice, anyone who tries to come at me, as long as I keep kind of three ships wherever I need them, it really deters people. If, if I have Assault Cannon round two, people aren't very inclined to attack me. Yeah, and you've got so many good advantages towards, like, fleet uh, that skipping Majin, it, yeah. just, it just feels like something that. you're probably not. You've got, and, and the fact that you need non-Euclidean and you need Duranium is a big deal now again if we're doing if we're doing scientists the big thing to focus on here is we're focusing on the tech that the objectives want us to get we're going to get all the tech that barony gets but we're prioritizing whatever the objectives tell us to two in two different colors two Two unit upgrades yep uh your faction tech if you get the secret there's a lot there's a lot to think about Four tech of the same color that's where red comes in yep yep there's Uh, a lot of just think about the tech object- objectives you could possibly I will say get. this much. If your starting secret objective is a tech objective, you're probably playing the scientists of Yeah, of you should. Nev. You really should. And you're focusing on tech first. This is how I see a lot of Barony players actually kind of start as well, just kind of being like kind of tech obsessed. Yep. Because you have that, that carrot on the stick of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Right. And... <laughs> I got lost. <laughs> what strategy card do you think we're going to We're going to take tech. Yeah. And the big Ooh, thing here. Big thing to note. What, what are we going to note with tech? What can you do that's This so is cool? the time where we are going to spend six 
to buy a second tech. I, round one. Round one. Round one, baby. I'm not going to suggest this for any other version of Letnev because you need that money for other stuff, but this is the one Letnev where it's probably okay because you're focusing on objectives and you're going to score these points fast and um, move on. Yeah. So uh, the the taking tech and buying two tech to you know immediately get... The, the dream scenario, right, is you can use the secondary of diplomacy on something to like get that red tech specialty back you have duranium armor and you have non-euclidean shielding round one that's nuts that's an option or if we're focusing on the if we're focusing more on the objectives you know we can start really hammering down our uh you know faction tech or two tech and two colors round one we can get a blue and a red right we could get gravity drive and we can get maybe it has to be Majin, maybe we skip to duranium yeah. that fulfills two or two colors mm -hmm. round one mm -hmm. that those are our kind of goals of just like let's knock these tech objectives out really fast i will say there are obvious weaknesses to this letnev which is you aren't building up quite enough fleets so everything you don't spend on technology you need to be prepared to spend it on whatever is going to stop your closest opponents right and whether... i think you should let your your attitude kind of yeah. carry you through this as well i think if you're playing this way don't be aggressive don't talk no aggressive barony be if a you friend not, if you don't yeah be a, be a friend be a buddy um secondaries probably diplomacy and almost definitely warfare uh, mm -hmm. Because we're probably going to want another carrier uh, and kind of do your typical expansion stuff. Send the Dreadnought, take one planet, hopefully have two carriers to take two more two-planet systems. Something like that. Uh, your opening moves, you definitely buy the two-tech. You look for the diplomacy plays. If the diplomacy play isn't going to happen, abandon it as quickly as possible and just be prepared to take as many planets as possible. I will say this. I do want to clarify, uh, because we just did just talk about units. Um, it's... When we say that, we mean like kind of if you don't get tech, like what else can you do? Right. If you buy tech, I mean basically, you're, and you're get you're getting two tech round one. Your money's basically already spent. Right. Like you if might you're... incidentally get some other money yes. for who knows why, but right. Um, the tech you're getting too, in most cases, just to throw this out there, is gravity drive. Gravity drive is opening up the most options for you. It's the best tech to. I, I want to say this kind of across the board. As far as a tech that is helpful to you. And satisfies like all these different requirements. Mm -hmm. It's the one. Yeah, it's the one to get. Sarween tools is interesting with Barony because you have so much money at the beginning mm -hmm. that the one extra resource from Sarween tools isn't necessary. Of it's course, Sarween is always good, but yeah, you don't you don't need it as much as sometimes you need gravity drive, and you definitely need you know two blue. You can start getting unit upgrades if the right. if those if are the that's objectives. Where you need to go, yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's the scientists of Letnev. The best friends of Letnev play. I, Hunter, I want you to take the lead on this one because this is again Hakan style, and you're our resident Hakan expert. So, what is Hakan light, Barony of Letnev? Yeah, best so, friends of Letnev. Right. So, best friends of Letnev. The way that you're going to play is you're a resource hoarder, okay? And your map placement you're going to look for is whatever is just straight up, just just simple. What's what has the most resources? That's it. That's what we're looking for. Um, for strategy card, we're going to take trade. It's kind of yeah. We're going to try and get as much money as possible. The difference between this play and the uprooters is that we're going to we're going to make a neighbor round one. We're going to make deals with that neighbor. We're going to be very friendly. We're not going to pick someone to be like oh I'm committing to all these things. I'm I'm committing to um, harming a certain player right. or like digging into their pie slice. What we're going to do 
is start spending our money and influence into getting extra command counters so we can expand our fleet pool. Yep. And we're going to start building cheap units. Basically, what we're what we're doing is we're taking that resource advantage that we have, and we're going to instead of being like, oh, I'm going to invest in these capital ships, we're going to throw that money towards cheaper units right. and just have a lot more of Swarm them. Swarm the board. Swarm the board. This is like a Nalu collective. If the Nalu collective got to be cruisers, right? That's kind of your thought process with these guys. Is is just like send cruisers out send destroyers out and like crush things you know put send them with one carrier full of ground forces and take whatever objectives you need i think i would recommend this one if you get a lot of early game objectives that are like spend eight resources spend eight influence i would almost describe this not necessarily as an entire way of thinking about hakan or sorry about letnev for an entire game but this is more of an opening this is the one that's most like well, you can open this way because what I was thinking is if we put off the Dreadnought thing, right. if we let that sit, if we don't worry about rushing for Duranium and non-Euclidean shielding, can we kind of let our units, like just the base units, yeah. do that work for us and spend our resources on other things? Right. I like, I like that point because I will say this is definitely the safest way to play. It's yeah. the least barony. Yeah, way to play, but it is the safest pathway because it gives you a round or two to figure out maybe which of the other Letnevs you need to transition into. This is the easiest one to transition out of. Yeah, Most of the other ones are sort of reliant on rushing for something, and that's kind of the problem of why you have to choose something quickly. But these guys can just get off to such a solid start that then you can transition into a different Letnev if you need to. But even if you don't transition out of the best friends of Letnev, all game, you're going to have such huge fleets that, like, by the mid-game, you are transitioning into more, including Dreadnoughts in these fights and things like that. But early, it's just cheap units and a lot of them. Secondaries, what do you want? Um, You're going to want to do Warfare. I'm going to assume that you're going to spend that money on some units, cheap units. That's yep. the whole idea. We're not building a we're not doing some sort of dreadnought opening. No. So we'll you want get there. We'll get there. We'll get is there. The point. We'll get there. But you're going to spend this money on a mixture of of units that you're going to build off of warfare so that you can keep expanding. And then also tech. We're going to buy we're going to buy some tech, the old-fashioned one. Yep. You've de- you're definitely good for it. You've got the money. And for this particular zone, I'm going to recommend Sarween, yeah. but everything that I just said about Gravity Drive is still true. Definitely. Sarween is going to be helpful when you're building lots of, you know, small units and you're just trying to, like, make the money that you spend on your units just right. kind of go the distance without super investing. Right. So This is an interesting time to point out almost every single version of Letnev puts a second space dock in their home system. Yeah. You yeah. almost gonna... definitely need to do that. Because right. um, right. that's 10 production capacity you're going to be able to have so with this in in particular that 10 production capacity is four cruisers and six destroyers or whatever you know it's a huge amount of things every round that you can shovel out right and i'm glad that you brought uh that up for this one though because it is especially important with this kind of opening to be thinking about getting that space dock down because if we're building cheaper units, that means that production capacity Is starts becoming the factor. thing that we have to deal with, right. not necessarily how much money do these things cost. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a big priority uh, with the best friends of Letnev. Mm-hmm. What units are we getting first, besides just like maybe extra cruisers and stuff? Is there something we need to get round one? I think carriers, fighters, and ground forces yeah. in order just to something expand. To, yes, yeah. we, need, we need to expand as per normal yeah. with these guys. I would say that a carrier... Some ground forces and a cruiser, maybe two cruisers if you can afford it. Yeah. That's kind of the the general, the gist of it, I think, is 
carriers loaded with fighters yep. and then some cruisers to back yeah. them up basically all right so what's our last last kind of way this is kind of this is the crazy one the crazy this is one where we get here really... we're playing as the what we're calling the barony of letnev isn't that a good isn't that a like, weird kind of term yeah. that we came up with so this is what most people play as as the letnev so i think the thing to focus on here is why do we play as the barony of letnev as opposed to all of the other letnevs because mm-hmm. we want to win those space battles because we want to win space battles so you have to look at uh, I mean, first off, if you get your first secret objective is, you know... Unveil flagship. Unveil That's flagship. Good, uh, destroy their flagship. That's Win against the one. VP leader. I don't know. Like, there's just, like... This is... The reason this one is last is because this is probably your final consideration. If if all three of the other ones don't seem like what you want to do, maybe you go for the Barony of Letnev. So the Barony of Letnev's map placement is similar to the scientists because the thing with barony is what we're rushing for is the strengths of the barony specifically so we want to rush for non-euclidean shielding we want to get these scary dreadnought fleets that never die out there i think one interesting thing about talking about tech with the barony in general is what it comes down to is like we we know what tech they need right and there's really no clear like which direction you go first like you mm. could go you go red first you could get your duranium yep. and your non-euclidean you could go blue first and get gravity drive and then like sarween and then your dreadnought upgrade or yeah. whatever yeah. it doesn't really seem like to me i don't really feel like going one way first or the other really makes much of a difference yeah honestly i i agree it's it's it depends on the moment of the game, right? Like if, the needs, yeah. yeah. If literally you're like, all right, this the fight's going to happen. Go ahead and get your non-Euclidean. Right. You know? Yeah. So we hope for a red tech specialty, but more we want money probably more. So higher resource values. Strategy cards, we want to take trade. Trade's kind of just always, I would say, the best pick. Tech is, tech is always good too, but I think just getting extra money gives you more flexible things so right. that you can decide a little bit more on the fly. Whereas if you take the tech strategy card, you're kind of picking what you're doing right and like taking the tech strategy card and then only researching one like getting your one free tech and yeah. not getting two that feels like a little bit of a waste of potential potential right. and you get you'll get more out of taking trade and paying for the tech straight right. up anyway right so yeah if you want to take tech it's because you usually want to buy a second tech in yeah. most cases yeah. maybe not first round sometimes it is worthwhile to just have that free tech and not mm-hmm. have to worry about anything mm-hmm. else but your secondaries, warfare is the big one here mm-hmm. uh, because you need to you need to expand because you need to get your borders established because right. you're going to start building big big fleets and you're just going to go right for that scary barony fleet yeah. like right like just start getting those techs in order and going for your dreadnoughts. This is how yes. I've seen so many people play. Right, it's really just like kind of a sprint to like. I want to get my big fleet up right. and running right. so I can use it to crush people. Yeah. Basically. So with this one, in, in a lot of cases, for me, if you take trade, you, you might not even get tech round one. This is the one strategy where it's like I'm expanding and I'm building two more dreadnoughts and some ground forces. Right. Or like yeah, two dreadnoughts maybe. and cruisers. And like I'm just getting fleets on the board so that I can start dealing out some damage. And um, I've seen it suggested before of like get your fleets on the board. And then tech them. And then tech and you'll be in the mid game really strong because no one will be able to attack you early enough because you established fleets, big scary fleets, so quickly that no one was able to challenge you. If you tech first or you tech kind of 
at a medium pace and you're just like getting some tech and getting some units, anyone might be able to dislodge you. This is the safest way to play if you think someone's going to attack you early. If mm-hmm. you've got an aggressive neighbor, you're going to play the Barony Aletnev that game because you just need to drop Dreadnoughts down and be prepared to hold on. You, yeah. you, this is the most defensive of all of them. Uh, so yeah, you expand per normal. If you do get tech probably sarween this one this one is a crapshoot honestly yeah you might need to rush for non-euclidean you might need gravity drive you might need sarween tools i don't know it's it's really tough to say you gotta kind of read the board i think thus far in the episode we've done a good job at like just kind of pinning down the text that you need the problem is that uh it's kind of elusive what order you get them basically that's essentially it yeah we don't know so we those are the four versions. Those are the starts to all four versions, and all four versions of the Barony Aletnev start to converge a little bit in the mid game. Your goals are still pretty goal oriented to the specifics of your version, but as far as what you are getting and what you are accomplishing in the mid game, they all start to sync up a little bit here. So let's talk about the mid game. Let's talk commodities. They not they're bad. <laughs> the Barony Aletnev is very bad at trade. This is a balance against the fact that they very, very directly benefit from having trade goods, so they made it very hard for them to get trade goods. Which is why you need to take the trade right. strategy. When, anytime you play any race and you take the trade strategy card, what you should be saying is like, I'm going to make the trade game work for me. That's always yes. how you got to do it. Yes. People love to play trade and be kind of like a good kind trade czar who lets everyone across the table play trade i'm done with it make an argument for why you should do it because i don't get it it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't benefit you keeping everyone happy doesn't benefit you as much as keeping you rich yeah, just just, just make you a, and one make, other person. Yeah, make not, a buddy. Maybe make two buddies. What? Yeah. Hakan kind of messes this up sometimes. Sure, and that's the so love him. Meow. <laughs> but no, so so you're you're not going to be great at trade. So you need to take trade fairly often and force trade on people. Make mm-hmm. yourself the only option for people so that you get trade goods, so that you can either use your ability or spend trade goods on more better units. Right, and whatever person that becomes your friend, make be nice, be their friend. Yeah, be their friend. I think in all approaches we can say that you should anytime you're playing an aggressive race yeah. you mm. should have at least a buddy yeah. like don't don't ever just try and go total war on the table right. you'll you won't it won't right. work uh, the the most important um identities of barony that need to focus on trade are the friends of letnev and the barony of letnev yeah scientists aren't as worried about it and the uprooters aren't no, really paying attention with to this, that with the if you're playing like a tech focused barony game essentially what you're saying is like i'm gonna kind of chill i'm gonna play defensive i'm gonna let my combat abilities like kind of carry me into the mid game um as just a deterrent and i'm gonna get those tech objectives basically Uh, a little bit more detail on the promissory note i just wouldn't expect it to get you very far you should try to get at least three trade goods for it because you're gonna potentially lose two trade goods Mm -hmm. if someone uses it it's a it's a dicey one to figure out when to trade it it's probably more often going to be used to get other people's promissory notes than it is to be to just get straight up trade goods or i mean i might even recommend that you possibly look at your other promissory notes your regular standard promissory notes and try and trade those out right um maybe not your trade agreement nobody's gonna want your trade giving your ceasefire to somebody if you feel like it's gonna get you a good price and they're gonna want it anyways you're the barony so like sell your maybe consider selling your ceasefire to somebody if it strategically makes sense now of course that can always bite you in 
yeah, I'm I, bum. I, I yeah, I'm the very bum. Tre- I'm very trepidatious with giving out ceasefire. So you got to really know that it's going to work be, in your favor. Be careful. Anytime yeah. we recommend that, you got to. So let's talk about this tech path we kind of keep suggesting. Here is the ultimate point. This is what your tech needs to look like in the late game. Mm-hmm. But by the late game, you need your two starting tech, of course. You need gravity drive. You need Sarween tools. You need Dreadnought 2. You need Duranium armor, non-Euclidean shielding. That's that's the finish line. Mm-hmm. That is that is all the tech that every barony needs. Yeah. From there, different versions of Letnev need different techs. The biggest thing being uprooters want to get L4 disruptors yeah. in a big way. Yeah. You're rush- that, that's one of the earlier ones you get with uprooters. You get gravity drive, and then you focus on getting L4 disruptors. It depends disruptors. on who you're going into. Sure. You know, like sure, Soul uh, doesn't okay, build right. a lot of PDS, no, no, no. but like if, you're, if you're going into Extra and you see... It's like what or I said before. Or Joel and R who's L4. going for PDS. You're going to see... If you need to get L4, you're going to need to see it. So here's another time of us bringing up L4 and saying, don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. Uh, also, a lot of late game, you in almost every situation, Barony Aletnev is set up to get War Sons. And yeah, also, you will qualify for it. You'll qualify for it. You've got lots of money. You're going to be able to afford War Sons. So Imagine how much scarier your fleet's going to be with yeah. that War Sun Exactly. There, also, buddy. for the Uprooters, that's a big deal. Yeah, Extra, that's more three, bombardment. Three more bombardment. I mean, that's, that's not messing around. If, if, if your late game revolves around further uprooting other opponents like you dislodged Arborek early they became no longer an issue but soul was on the other side of the map all right time to time to get my war sons time to get my l4 disruptor and let's go party honestly if you're having a very successful game playing that kind of ground forces plus bombardment strategy with barony i think going for war sons might even be more important than some of the stuff we've outlined is like necessary you know if you if, yeah. if you're thinking like well, you know, I haven't really even been building my dreadnoughts up. I've been focusing on right. Like, you, know, you could skip upgraded dreadnoughts and then just go straight for a war sun. Definitely. And like now, I've got some really hardcore bombardment. Yeah, depends on how fast you can get to war suns. If you get an early red tech specialty, might be something to start considering. If you somehow get two red tech specialties, you need to gun for it. Yeah. Should we be running out of command counters? That's a tough one. I'm going to generally say no because you start, like we said before, you kind of start with two extra ones. You start with an advantage, but it's not very liquid, though. And you right. don't, and, and you'll notice that we have not even once recommended any green tech. That's so correct. that kind of means like we're sort of leaving hypermetabolism yep. out in the rain. I don't here. think you're ever going to get it. It's too far out of the way, unless, you know, weird, extenuating circumstances. There's just so come many. Up, I, 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 we haven't been able to make an argument for it. Somebody make the argument if you want. Um, I just feel like there's so many other things you can do with yeah. Barony, and it's like all just on the other colors. Yeah. I will say the one that probably struggles with command counters the most is the friends yeah. of Retnev, because you're building big fleets, so you're keeping a lot in fleet supply, and you're probably sending fleets you're out to lots of striding yeah, forces. They're probably mobile so they're yeah. the ones you need to worry about, probably focus on getting some high-influence planets. I think there's a chance, though, with every setup for Retnev, except for maybe the the uh, tech like science yeah. of you running into a problem with this like i they have a they have kind of a starting advantage but i feel like soul getting the extra counter every yeah. round that's a more fluid advantage right, exactly. they could bank that yeah there's kind of just have an invisible extra too exactly you know what hunter what could have gone wrong in our early game, what's what's kind of like the worst thing that could happen to us first round? Well, you done picked the wrong Letnev to play. <laughs> exactly. If you decided to pick uprooting Letnev and 
you didn't uproot correctly, you are suddenly down a path that is going to be very hard or to not, course correct. Not even just that, though. Yeah. It could be that you are, you did it correct, and you didn't get it. It just wasn't. Oh, no, all the tech objectives are coming out. Right. I spent so much money on right. getting my flagship out there that now I'm having a hard round yeah. two and round three. Be- what did I do? Yeah, because you kind of pick a path oh, so God. early. <laughs> because you pick a path so early things changing on the board state are not necessarily good for you like you like we said you're a big big battleship that has trouble course correcting right so it's hard to turn this bus around yeah once you're it gets you're really you really need to make sure you read the board state correctly early and and be prepared to to stick with it so okay this is going to be so difficult but let's fire through these as fast as possible you know what we're going to talk about we're about to talk about counters that's why yep. i stopped saying it that way um i will say this maybe you should just listen to all of the every, every episode other of episode. the show <laughs> because i don't know if you've noticed but barony has come up uh oh. well, i don't know in almost every single <laughs> yeah. episode this and and we might contradict ourselves here but there are definitely yeah guys i'm of- sorry the counter <laughs> the counter stuff has gotten hard we talked about a lot of different races in a lot of different contexts and right now we are wearing our barony of, of Letnev hats. Yeah. And we're trying to put ourselves in that spot. Right. And in all the other episodes when we talk about counters, we're wearing that specific hat too. Right. Sometimes when we wear different hats, we get different perspectives from the different hats that we are wearing. We have talked about this long enough. I'm just saying I have a pile of hats <laughs> and they have different themes. Like this one is the uh, four leaf clover hat. Right. And it's green. Hunter, I got bad news for green. you. What? That is not a green symbol. That looks oddly familiar. And what? it looks like the No no no. It, no it's no, got no. these ang it's got this angular property and it's dark red and What do you think about my patch? Oh no. Hunter. What? You don't like my patch? You need to take that off right Here, now. Let me do a quick Irish salute. No. <laughs> <laughs> And the award for the worst joke we've ever had on Space Cats <laughs> Peace Turtles goes to... Okay, who do we counter? Who do we counter? Okay, so if we're playing Uprooters, we've sort of already talked about this a little yes, bit. Yes. But we're going to break, break, break down our counters via per, yeah, per, yeah. per so, variation. So talk in Bombardment, Ground Forces style, Arborek, Jolnar, Sardak, Sol, Winu, Extra. Next. I want to make a special... <laughs> I, I mean, that's yes, I do want to move on, but special mention for Winu is Winu... What you're doing is you're saying, you're going to go for Mechatol, I'm going to wait for you to land there, and then I'm going to crush you. And that's going to eliminate half your starting fleet, and that's going to cut... I mean, Barony is like the race that is designed to just get rid of Winu. Yeah, and I want to do a special note for Sardak and say, uh, you got the resources to have a better fleet than them, even though theirs hit better than yours, yep. and you're going to bombard those better ground forces yep. before you even have to fight them. That's the whole thing. Same, yeah. but copy that with Soul. Uh, Jolnar, come on, duh, you get it. Yeah. Come on, I don't have to hold your hand. Am I holding your hand? <laughs> Am I holding your hand? Another Irish salute. No. <laughs> uh, the scientists of Letnev, we couldn't really come up with any great counters. If there is any counter, it's like a very soft counter. So we're going to skip that. The friends of Letnev have two kind of specific counters, and they, they are good against the Muat, because yeah. anyone who with just like expendable fleets that they can throw at someone else, that's a good thing to target war sons with so yeah, you, especially the idea of you having just the right action card you know what i'm saying yeah. like and just you know going for move. i might not want to risk that if i was no. playing any other style but if i had the money to right i could risk a fight with muad to kill that war son yeah. having yeah. them as a neighbor if you take out that war son their pie slice just suddenly became much more available to you yeah baby uh, the other special mention is the clan asar if you get these big, big, scary fleets, you're going to be able to fight toe-to-toe with Clanisar's big Sarball. 
Yeah. So, and I would say that's the only the only way you're really going to um, really hurt Sar early game. Yeah. I feel like is taking this route. Yes. Um, the other Barony style, of course, is going to be harmful towards Sar as well. Sure. Um, but this is the only way that that kind of early Sar bonus might get a little bit of pushback from yes. you. Yes. Yes. So, what does the regular Barony of Letnev variation? What are they good against? The regular Barony of Letnev counters Jolnar. Clannisar, like we just said. I think there's a pretty good case for them countering Nalu because I think standard Barony Aletnev probably has the most flexible fleet supply area. Yeah, they so can take that hit. Nero, yeah, Neuroglave isn't as scary for you. I think Neuroglave is always terrifying, but Barony is maybe okay at dealing with that. And then, of course, um, the, the kind of most interesting one to mention is the L1Z1X. You have a weird relationship with L1Z1X, but if you're playing standard Barony of Letnev, striking at them early with these big scary fleets, that's definitely a um, solid approach. Yeah, I think because them. of non-Euclidean, I don't know, if you if you gave me an L1 Pi Slice versus a Barony Pi Slice, they've got about the same resources. Yep. I my opinion, don't Get at me, but <laughs> non-Euclidean shielding is going to be the thing that makes a difference, yes. and it's going to—that's going to be—is the reason why you win versus them in a fight, right. basically. Right. So who counters us? I don't think this is as specific to what type of Letnev you're playing. Mentax flagship is always truly terrifying. Yep. Unless, I mean, maybe unless you're playing the friends of Letnev. If you've got a bunch of cruisers and destroyers, and you're not relying on non-Euclidean shielding, that's kind of your counter against Mentax. But it counters non-Euclidean... It, it counters the grooviest, hippest exactly. tech in the game. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. So be afraid of the Mentax flagship. Uh, the Yin Brotherhood, just being able to pick targets, that's scary. Anything that can pick targets is scary. So Creus, Dimensional Splicer is a... You're talking anytime you see the word destroy. Yes. Yeah. Anytime you see the word destroy, that's you, Barry. Anyone who's going to go for... Assault Cannon, I'm looking at late-game Jolnar, yeah. um, or mid-game Jolnar, whatever. If, you've got, if you didn't dislodge Jolnar early, they might very quickly decide to get Assault Cannon and start coming for you. But mm -hmm. their ability to... Anyone who can just like pick a ship and blow it up, that's terrifying. Uh, Hunter, you wanted to talk about Necro here. Yeah, I think that uh, Necro it doesn't... Well, I do not think that Necro counters you in the sense of all the other things that we've mentioned mm -hmm. except for that i'm just going to discourage you from waging war yep. with necro necro has a lot to gain by you being their opponent yep. um and you're getting a lot of tech you have the best tech that they want <laughs> you're so having non having like the best racial tech in the game yeah non-euclidean is so good it's yeah. very very good and for you to give that away to another player that being the necro you just don't want to right it's just not it's not a good scene. I mean, like, Necro with non-Euclidean, I mean, that could they could tool themselves to be even yep. better than your potential, yeah, basically. Definitely. definitely. Uh, some honorable mentions. This is kind of in neither direction. We brought up L1 as something you could hit hard, but depending on the timing and, like, what all you're up against, really, you and L1Z1X are accomplishing a lot of the same goals. Right. And uh, you should consider them an opponent that is maybe not worth... Um, struggling over so in the L1's same way it's like Necro. your brother it's like yeah. it's like you're you're kind of two sides of the ex exact same coin and you're very there you're very good at similar things so if l1 strikes you at a time that it isn't advantageous then they could really hurt you like it, yeah. it could be it could completely flip right um one thing i specifically want to talk about 
is I don't think that it is worth, if anybody has watched the the Space Cats Peace Turtles Christmas yeah. stream, which I encourage you to watch. Oh, Matt, how's that edit coming? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hakan is not worth being your enemy, in nope. my opinion. Definitely and the not. reason is this. Hakan just has the money to take the hits. Yep. And if you're going to bear down on Hakan, they're, and this is kind of true of Hakan for almost anybody. anybody. But I'll say this much. You have the most to gain from Hakan yeah, being so your like, buddy. Like You want those trade goods. Be partners with Hakan. Right. Play nice with Hakan and get a healthy supply of trade goods yep. from them. Yep. And they're like they're probably down as long as you're willing to like, you know, I don't know, like negotiate. Yeah. Definitely don't threaten them don't and just, just tell them don't. that they owe you four trade goods <laughs> for no reason. Sean. Sean. What what is what are you doing right now, Sean? Why don't you turn this off and go uh, I think somebody, yeah, go suck an egg. You know, I heard it down at the coffee shop in your neighborhood that they owe you four coffees. <laughs> All right, Hunter, let's define this race. Let's let's put some final tags on these guys. What makes them a superpower? You're going to be better than everyone at one thing. Yes, basically. you are not going to be better than everyone at most things. But you basically, as the Baron Yelatnev, get to pick one thing, and you are going to. F- like just so far outclass everybody at that. Yeah. You're either going to have just like so much money. Hakan's the only one who's keeping up with or beating you, or you're going to have such high soak damage ships that just no one can fight through your fleets, or you're going to take planets better than anybody else is able to take. But the problem is you can't do all of those at once. Nope. You got to pick one and you got to just, Use that advantage in every conceivable way that you can find. So they've got money, but it's expensive to be them. Exactly. They they. they it's a really wonderful balance with them. Yeah. That's what I love the most about the barony is. Yeah. You. Ha- I love just that wording. You've you've got money, but you're gonna spend it. Right. It's expensive. Yeah. Um. I will. I want to say one thing. They do have that. They always will have. That's always better than everybody else. Is that home system? I that love home it. system. Yep. It rules. It yep. is so good. Yeah. If so you, good. if as long as you can keep control of your home system, you're that's six resources. That's you six always resources have. that you're always guaranteed. It's a lot. To. Yeah. Super good. So where are we looking for our victory? It's it's unfortunate because you are deciding on where you're hoping to get your victory early. You're yeah. picking it and you're you're just staying in your lane and hoping it pays off. You you pick a variant of the Baronia Letnev and you push those advantages as quickly as you can. The big thing to note with Baronia Letnev is I don't think they're a late game race. And that's the mistake most players make with them is they spend all game investing slowly in this awesome tech but by the time they get it up everyone else has their superpowers active and turns out yours aren't as good at scoring those final objectives yeah but if you can take a dominating lead early and then hold on to it with those scary fleets you're going to be in a much better position yeah yeah i find a barony often will be the kingmaker in the end but not necessarily the one with the points exactly and the goal is to get to that situation where you can influence the game to that degree and still have the points in tow still be ready still be within striking distance of victory by the time it's like all right we are in the late game you need to already be basically there right basically right basically yeah basically yeah basically yeah yeah like basically Basically, yeah like basically have you noticed that there's no snakes in this room (laughs) 
Okay, so that is where we are going to wrap it up. That's where we'll end our tale. That's where we're going to end tale our story of, of the, the Letnev. Le- the, le- ne- <laughs> the potato um, Letnev. I have to apologize. I just For all the racism. St- for all the racism. And also, just straight up, I don't have time this week to do an errata. What? Uh, I don't. I, I can't do it right now. I gotta. I I've had. I worked so many hours this week, and I gotta edit this thing, and I just don't have time. We didn't talk about the Sardak Nor at all yet. It's gonna take us another forever to do it. I gotta put them off. Okay. I'm sorry to Hunter. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is a surprise. I'm learning this, this live. Yep. I'm learning yeah. this right now. But I now. can't. I can't go any longer. Uh, we will get that out soon, and hopefully the next episode. I've got a busy another week and a half ahead of me, though, so I don't know if it'll. We'll see what happens, but um, we're we're kind of in the middle of just some rocky schedule time for Matt. So yeah, I'm sorry, no errata. Let's uh, let's do the rundown. So we record in Hillsdale, which is a neighborhood in southeast southwest Portland. Uh huh. You can find us on Twitter at Space Cats Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Space Cats Peace Turtles. You can send to us an email. You can send to us an email at Space Cats Peace Turtles at gmail.com. You can write us a letter and drop it in any ditch and we'll find it. We'll pick it up on the you drop it on a Thursday and we'll pick it up on the following Tuesday. What else we do? Oh, we have a Twitch that we've been just kind of tooling around with every mm-hmm. once in a while. Space Cats Peace Turtles. You can find that on twitch.com. Um, I think YouTube we'll be, channel, we'll Space think, Cats Peace Turtles. Yeah, you can look, you can find us on YouTube. Um, we have some TI. We have a Discord. There will be a Discord in the Reddit link. Yeah, there is a Discord. We have a Patreon you can look at, Space Cats Peace Turtles. And if you would maybe do a little more than look at that, yeah. that would be very appreciated. If still... you know what I mean. If you do a little more than looking at it, if you know what I'm talking about, I'm winking at you. <laughs> I'm winking right at you. We're still gearing up for Gen Con. Uh, the Patreon's been going great, and it's already hugely helping us in, in setting up what we are hoping to accomplish at Gen Con. So thank you to all the Patreoners so far. The Patreoners. I used your word. I won. You won. I won. This week, let's thank, should we, do, should we, is this a week that we're supposed to thank Jada Paik? I don't know if we thank Jada Paik. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks Jada. Hey, hey Jada. I'm giving you an Irish salute. Irish salute I'm right here. I'm giving you an Irish salute right now. Let's do a play of the week. So yeah, our play of the week is from Doc DTA, um, and it goes like this. We had a pretty typical game going, and Clan of Sar had built a pretty hefty Sar ball. Ooh, it was hefty, <clears throat> like a bag. And he was rolling his way through the galaxy. As his last action of the round, he steamrolled into Mechatol Rex, easily taking it from an, another player. We then entered the agenda phase, and the first agenda was Ixthian Artifact, which is a pretty crazy agenda where you roll a die, and depending on the result, lots of crazy things happen. Either it's lots kind of, of good stuff, everyone gets tech, or just the worst thing ever for, guess what, the person who's sitting on Mechatol I Rex. Actually, I won't even ruin what it is. Needless to say, we all voted for it, um, except for the SAR. And since he was the speaker, he had to roll the die for himself. The result was a number that corresponded to the effect of destroy all units on Mechatol Rex. Bam. A disaster he never recovered from. Never, ever. Not even in his regular life. Well, because life. you gotta it think about it. It actually says that that was the beginning. Ruined his marriage. Yeah, his, his marriage is over. He got fired from his job. <laughs> um, and who knows what would have happened if he'd just gotten like a free tech, you know? If only. It is especially damaging for a SAR player. Yeah. For that to happen. Taking another shot. Glug. 
Here's Hunter and I saying goodnight, giving you our Irish salutes, really driving this horrible joke home, and we just want to tell you thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. It's been the worst episode. This has been really offensive. This has been the bad episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>